and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for our week six review. And with me, I've got a returning guest, a 49ers fan. You know who it is by now. It's Paul Hope. How are you? Well, Andy, unfortunately, I'm not purdy good as I normally am when I speak <laughs> to you, buddy. So, yes, my 49ers are no longer undefeated. I've recovered from the watch party, but when I get the bat signal from you to jump on the pod, I'm a big fan of yours. I love seeing what you're doing, buddy. And I'm as excited to talk to you because seeing you grow on social media, you've just said off air there, you've been to all the games, your stateside trip, you beat me to Levi's. I'm going up there a month today, but your vlog has definitely got our group excited. I shared that on our socials and everyone was very excited, buddy. So it's nice to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been. I can't. I can't think when I. I thought, but I thought you probably was for the season preview. So it's um yeah, good having you back on. Um, you know, and it's I enjoyed seeing your videos on the weekend. I enjoyed your um things on I posted about where you were that dancing in the red and gold or something in the song. Um, so I saw that. Yes. And it's um a shame that I didn't get to go there. I was, I was I had a ticket for the watch party. You know, it's um. You know, and even when I saw the likes of, you know, Rob Holding and Joe Staley were, I know Joe Staley definitely was, I'm not sure where the Holding was, but um, yeah, it was just because I had this bus at 1am, it was just too much to spend an hour to get there and an hour to get back, pick my bags up and then go back again. It was um, just too, what's the word, would have been logistically probably not not easy, but um, you know, hopefully, you know, especially when the Niners play in London, which will happen eventually, I think what happened next year, uh, definitely welcome me up then. Well, to be honest, buddy, that's we'll get the elephant out the room. The people that went to the game at Tottenham struggled to get in. So there was a contingency plan of an overflow. So when you text me to say you weren't making the journey, I was kind of relieved. Not that I didn't want to see you, but um, I'll share a secret. Rob Holden, I had no idea who he was. I don't do oh, English right. football. So basically, at the end of the night, he was leaving and... I made sure to thank everybody who came. You know me. I'm a friendly guy. And I thanked him for coming. And whoever he was with was like, do you want a photograph? And I was like, with me? Nobody wants a photograph with me. And he laughed. And he was like, you don't know who I am, do you? And I was like, I have no idea. And he, he he clocked the accent. And we had a bit of a chat. And he said it was quite refreshing that to be in London, nobody knew who he was because the gathering of strangers were there. So the backstory to that is at Levi Stadium, the song Red and Gold is played as the team run out onto the pitch. The band are a UK-based band. They've kindly allowed our group to use that song on all our podcasts, YouTube. And the band came over to me, Andy, and thanked me for sharing their stuff on socials. And then one of the singers put that on his phone and we just went wild. So Rob Holden was there. I think he turned up a bit later, but Joe Staley, Andy. I know we'll get into the game, but Niners fans won't mind me sharing. That man was an absolute legend. From the second the doors opened, he couldn't have been accessible enough. He was signing autographs. He was posing for photos. He was getting the crowd going with the Joe Staley chants. You know, that song they play at the darts where they all do the duh, 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 And he was going, Joe, Joe, Joe. And the whole <laughs> crowd was going wild. Um, his wife, who were both so given with the time, they stayed right till the end. And I can't thank the Niners and Nick Clark enough. It was the first official watch party in London. It's not going to be the last. They smashed out the park. I mean, the fact that they filled the venue the same day Tottenham game was on, they had an overflow venue that was filled as well. So we are at the moment collating all the feedback. So I know yourself had a ticket and it was a shame that you wouldn't be able to come across. But I think the um, 
organization oversubscribed the venue to make sure it was full. And obviously they didn't want to tell us at the time Joe Staley was coming, but honestly, that man is still huge and he could play in the NFL. Probably a tight end more than an offensive lineman, but he definitely could still play Andy. <laughs> well, funny enough, when I, you know, when I went to Levi Stadium, and I saw Nick Bosa warming up in um crack in the on the field and you know, I had a somewhat pleasure of meeting Derek Henry. I think there's a story there that maybe isn't the best it might have been. But, you know, when I saw him, he didn't look quite as big as he does when he's got the padding on, whereas Nick Bosa on the other side, you know, of the coin, he, I've never seen a bigger guy in my life. He was wearing, he wasn't wearing padding. He was just wearing some sort of, some sort of vest or some sort of tank top and absolute, excuse my language, brick shit house, absolutely, <laughs> absolute beast. And, you know, it's um, just and him to being doing what he's doing. The, the speed he goes at, at, at offensive players, it's um, you know, he, he's an absolute beast. And yeah, I, I, I think certainly NFL players when you see him up close, like when I've been to practice sessions or whether you know you've just been walking around on the field before the game and all that, like I've been, it, you see just how big, especially the, the defensive players are. Like it's absolute beast, and offensive linemen as well, just absolute beast. But um. But overall, the wash party sounds like a very, very good event overall. Yeah, so obviously people who know me like yourself, 49 Faithful UK, were a fan group on this side of the pond. And Nick Clark, who's the fan engagement officer, reached out. It seems a lifetime ago, Andy. I still get chills when I think of the first Zoom call with the 49ers. To grow where we are now, I mean, I remember 2018, going to a pub in Manchester called the Brotherhood of Pursuits Bar. There was eight of us. Then we went up to Edinburgh. There was 30 of us. And it's it's progressively, as the team has got better, admittedly, the uh, watch parties have got bigger. And then we had the three official watch parties last year. And it's just, at the moment, there's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. When the Niners have come over as an official watch party, we haven't won. So there's this rumour of a curse or a jinx. But what the team need to do to break that, Andy, is like you said at the start, they just need to come and play a game in London because they will definitely sell that stadium out and it'll be amazing to see. Wembley or Tottenham, red and gold. And like you said, with the international marketing rights and given the work the team are doing, it's got to be on the cards because there's no way the Niners are coming across and throwing a watch party, bringing Joe Staley, putting the time and effort into the fan chapter like ours. And we do feel part of it, Andy. We, we're not just invited along to play the bridesmaid. I mean, it feels pretty surreal that like there was a big, massive queue and the Niners are pulling me and Lee to the front and telling us to come inside. Then they're giving us the debriefing and they're treating us like a member of the team. But then equally, they're aware that we're there to watch the uh, the game. And I know we're going to get into that. I'm not shying from that. I'm not a fair weather fan. I could have dodged your podcast today, but I thought, <laughs> no, the Niners made mistakes. We didn't play very well. And I've been very bullish this season, but I've got to eat some humble pie. The Cleveland Browns deserve their victory. I'm not going to blame it on the referees. But I'm sure we will talk about it because there was some strange decisions. And I can safely say that as a non-alcoholic drinker, I was stone cold sober. So I can come on this show and I can talk to you about the game and take the emotion out of it. Well, let's talk about it now. Of course, you know, you'd have gone to this game with a lot of, you know, a lot of hype, you know, of course, being a big watch party. And sadly, you weren't dancing in red and gold after the game, after your loss. Um, 19.17, um, quick few stats there. PJ Walker, who's the standard for Sean Watson, didn't actually throw a single touchdown pass, um, two interceptions, um, but then only one rushing touchdown as well from Kareem Hunt. Um, but a lot of field goals, Destin Hotsman got four out of five field goals converted. So that would have been uh, 16 of the, no, 
um, 12 of the 19 points came from field goal position. And then uh, on the flip side, I mean, uh, it wasn't a great day. Um, of course, the three sacks as well from the Browns defense, two from the Niners defense. But yeah, Brock Purdy, probably, I believe, is his first loss as a starter um, that he's actually managed to last the whole game in. Uh, looking at his stats, 125 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, and this obviously, this is also, if you mentioned before, this is the game that within a few hours, he went from two teams left in the league out and beat them to none. Uh, the other one being, you know, the Eagles Jets, which I mentioned later on. But of course, you were five and zero. You were five and one. You still, you know, you're still my hit to win it all. After the, watching the first six weeks, I still have you against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and you winning it because I think your team is that good, and I do still believe that your backers will win six, seven games in the league. Um, but obviously, this is the first loss of the season. I believe first loss in sixteen regular season games or something like that. Um, you know, it's been a great start to the year, but ultimately. Wasn't your day, uh, which helps preserve the 1972 Dolphins. The only thing we have going for us is this <laughs> unbeaten season. So it's because thankfully that's been stayed intact. Uh, but yeah, for you, Paul, um, what went wrong for you guys in that game? Well, I will be mentioning you and the Dolphins when I do the 49 FA for UK Live later because I know all Dolphins fans were rejoicing when both teams lost. I bumped into a couple of Dolphins fans in London afterwards. The first thing they said, um, my non-Niners fans will love what I'm about to say. They'll probably clip this. They'll tweet it. Um, you've done that to me before with a soundbite and you're a good friend of mine. This was easily the worst performance of Brock Purdy's career. I'm going to get that elephant out of the room now. He threw his first interception. You've read the stats out there. Um, not only did he throw the interception, interception, he fumbled the ball. Thankfully, he recovered it. He missed several wide-open receivers. He had multiple other throws that could have been picked off. But... That said, he still could have won the game for the 49ers. That last drive, he put the team on his back, he marked up the field, and it came down to Jake Moody, who I was very high on in the draft. The watch party all stood their fingers crossed. We thought that field goal is going to go over, and this bar is going to erupt like in Edinburgh. And you're right, it came down to the Cleveland Browns kicker, adjusted to the conditions. He had a better game. Take nothing away from PJ Walker. He didn't have a touchdown, as you've said, but he did manage the offence quite well. The Cleveland Browns defence, we were very wary coming into this game as a Niners fan. Um, when we did our show last week, we said they're not the number one defence for nothing. Jim Swartz has good history with the 49ers. Well, not for us as 49ers fans, but he's played well against Niners in the past. And we were worried about the pass rush. The rain, could it be Purdy's kryptonite? I've gone back and watched some of his college tape. Doesn't seem to do well in the rain. And I'm not saying it's a monsoon like we've seen in Washington, but it was his worst game of the year. I'm excited though, Andy. I'd rather it happen now when it didn't matter. Now, no team is going undefeated like the Dolphins in the NFL. Mahomes and the Chiefs don't do it. Brady didn't do it at the Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl. He didn't do it at the Patriots. He came close. Or did he do it? What? No? Yeah, King Claire the Super Bowl, wasn't it? They were they won they went they went the whole season and beaten then. Eli Manning and the Giants um, sport the party. I thought you would like that one. I thought I'd get yes. that one in there. <laughs> but, um, and, and I'm very confident. I'm very positive. I've, I've sat through a 2-14 season. And like you've said, the sky isn't falling in for 49ers fans. Whatever went wrong on Sunday could have gone wrong. Penalties, bad playmaking, bad decisions from Carl Shanahan. CMC, first game we've lost technically with CMC playing in the regular season. I know he went off injured. But he scored for his 15th season, uh, regular game in a row. 
just seems to be certain that that man goes on the field, he's scoring touchdowns. But as Niners fans, we're a bit more nervous with the Trent Williams injury. I haven't had many updates. I know Debo and CMC don't look to be serious, but it was just one of those Sundays in the NFL. And it's why us Brits love this wonderful game for American football. I don't think you'd have had many people tell you the Eagles would lose to the Jets and the Niners would lose to the Browns. And that was the feeling I got around London on Sunday. And on Monday was my first time in London when there was an NFL game on. And I just want to say how awesome it is to see every team represented and walking around the capital city and talking football. And I'm not talking English football, I'm talking NFL. I mean, I know you've been at the games more than I have, um, but I just want to say that none of the teams came up to me and said that the Niners are done, the Niners are a fraud. Everyone was saying the same as you. We dust this off, we march into Monday Night Football against Kirk Cousins, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it, I'm not going to blame the referees. We take it on the chin. I just hope Jake Moody kind of bounces back from this. And before I hand over to you, in the NFL, you need to face adversity. You need to be resilient. And sometimes you need to be punched in the mouth. We've been very arrogant as Niners fans, you know, marching to this 5-0. I thought we were going to win 32-13. I said this time last week. Shows what I know, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it certainly was a week that nobody predicted. And even... You know, going to later on, but the Bills almost lost the Giants and really should have done if, um, you know, they managed to clock better in that first half. But you know, injuries, why did you mention then? I mean, three of your employment, almost crucial cogs, at least three of the foremost crucial cogs, questionable on the on the current injury report. I mean, Trent Williams, um, the damage day to day, um, Shanahan, um, confirming on Monday that he avoided a high ankle sprain. Um, Christian McCaffrey, um, and I'll get the thoughts on him in a minute. Um, undergoing MRI on Monday as well um, for a oblique slash rib injury. And then Debo Samuel, your wide receiver, is also down day to day for a shoulder injury that he suffered on the game. Uh, but before we move on to other games this weekend, I just want to ask you about McCaffrey. Um, of course, broken a record for the most consecutive touchdowns. Definitely in team history. I believe it might be NFL history as well. I'm not sure, but 16 in a row, game score touchdown in. Which obviously that could be broken if he doesn't play in his next game. But I certainly think this, and I'm one of your thoughts on this as well. Is he for you the current MVP this season? Well, I've put my money where my mouth is, Andy. I've been shouting it loud from the rooftops that my next jersey was going to be a 23. And ahead of the watch party, I'd ordered one from the States because I prefer to get my uh, NFL gear from across the pond and it arrived I was going to save it for the Buccaneers game but I rocked 23 on Sunday and there's a lot of love for CMC among the Niners you play fantasy football you're equally as in love with CMC it's promising news that the injury doesn't seem to be too serious Um, he just elevates this offence to a different level and he's not a punishing running back like Derek Henry like you mentioned before but when you watch the game tape when you go and watch the breakdowns and the all 22 you see him in motion. You see him as a slot receiver. You see what he brings to this team. Um, my good lady, Tracy, is sick of hearing me, Andy, scream at the telly that I love that man. I love 23. When he leapt over that defender the other Sunday, I tried my best to be quiet with kids in the house, but I was off the couch as quick as he was. Maybe not as quick on my feet, but I knew he was good. Me and you have talked about this before. I joined your fantasy league last year and I had McCaffrey as a Panther. And when he was traded to the Niners, you were like, oh God, Paul's going to be unbearable. <laughs> and in one of in our league this year, I had the number one pick and I let my head rule my heart. I went with Justin Jefferson because I have a good friend who said, Jefferson's the number one pick. And I thought, I should have gone CMC. I should have gone CMC. Every other league, 
I went to CMC, but I think this might be bullish to say, but we haven't seen the best of CMC in this offense. And MVP normally goes to the non to a QB. If there's going to be any non-QB get it, for me, CMC's top of the list. Where do you stand as a non-Niners fan? Do you think I'm right? I give him the MVP, um, personally, because I don't think any particular callback has stood out. I mean, two is obviously, I think two is the one who's probably the most likely to get it right now. If I had to go purely callback, it would be Tua. But, you know, I do think this year is, is, is a year where I think a non-callback can win. And I think McCaffrey would be my personal vote. I did I did actually tweet about it on the podcast. Um, I need to get this up because a bit of humour involved in the tweet as well, which didn't get the best reception from one person. But um, I had four people. So in bottom, no, in top is McCaffrey. No, it's Tyree Kill with 37%. And he could be actually someone that could do it. McCaffrey got 34%, and then two got 17%, and 12% went to the refs. I did put the refs in brackets Chiefs as one of the options. I think they've been a, a, a great option for Chiefs this year when it comes to their, their team. But um, yeah, I think that every game I've watched this year, or well, whether, whether it's been Red Zone, whether it's been at games I've been to, or well, the one I went to in Levi's, he's just such a crucial part of the team. And I think he's in the most valuable. I mean, I said it the other week, I don't think anyone's had more of an impact as a mid season trade. I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen. Um, I, I think he's certainly one of the best trades in recent years. I mean, the impact he's made for your team has just been superb. And, you know, him there, I just think that he's been that good this year. I would give it to him. Uh, but also, you know, I'm not I'm not against Tyree Kill winning it. No, I'm I'm a fan of Hill. I'm, I'm glad he left the Chiefs because he always seemed to have our number. And I have a friend who's a Chiefs fan who always used to draft Hill. But since he's got the Dolphins, he, he hasn't. <laughs> I saw that tweet. And I can't remember whether I voted or not because obviously I tend to retweet your stuff out there. We've got a good relationship. I did chuckle at the ref's comment, but sometimes you have to take it with a pinch of salt on social media. The humour, if the person doesn't quite know you, I know you and I know your banter, so I would have got that. But um, we struggled without him on Sunday. Uh, mm. I think, like as I said, to give credit to Cleveland Browns to shut down the run zone. Brock Purdy wasn't throwing the ball. And we all know as fans of the NFL, if the run game isn't going for you, you need your quarterback to step up. And that's what I said at the start. It was Brock's worst performance of his career. Now, the Niner faithful, the UK faithful are on the Brock Express. I know Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football says Brock isn't human. But we saw a human element of his performance on Sunday. I've liked what he said in the press conferences. He's come out. He's owned it. Um, there's a few Niners fans saying it was very Jimmy-esque. But I don't think it was Jimmy-esque because I said when he lost the fumble, he recovered it. After the game, he didn't blame anybody. He blamed himself. And I think, I'm not saying he's elite. I'm saying his play at the moment, you've got to put Purdy up in the top 10 this season, the way he's played and how he bounces back over the next couple of weeks. So obviously we've got the Vikings in prime time. That's up in Minnesota. So that's a 1.15 a.m. Tuesday morning start for us. So it's kind of bittersweet, the, Tuesday, the Monday night, Tuesday morning games, because you kind of get to enjoy the rest of the NFL on the Sunday, but you're kind of waiting for your team. Um, it gives us slightly a bit longer with the injuries, so we're not playing on Sunday. Um, slightly surprised to see Kyle not keep the team out on the East Coast. He's, he's brought them back. He tends to want back-to-back road games. The team tend to stay in one location, but he hasn't done that this year. There's a few Niners fans moaning about Kyle's play, Colin. I'm not one of them. You've got to look into the weather. You've got to look at the penalties. And um, When I say the penalties, you might be surprised. I don't just mean that the Browns were lucky with the flags. The Niners were indisciplined. I think it was the most penalties we've had for since the Bears game, first game of the season last year. And that was, ironically, a rain game. So you've got to be disciplined in the NFL. 
The referees are unhuman. Anybody who's going to mourn about the referees, go down to your local Brit ball and have a go. It's not as easy as it looks. I play flag football, Andy, and that's peer referee. And sometimes it, it's just you get it wrong. You have to hold your hands up. And I know people think there's a conspiracy theory in the league, want the Niners to lose, want the Eagles to lose. It's the rub of the draw for me. It's sport. Some you win, some you lose. We got away with Trent Williams not getting sent off the other week when he punched someone on the face. So, to quote, to be a British pun, it swings and roundabouts. It's six and two threes. It's one of those things that happen. But I'm not going to come on your show and blame the referees. We weren't good enough. The Browns punched us in the mouth and we have to take it and see what happens next. Exactly. And that is obviously mentioned Vikings in week seven. Um, and obviously you've got a trip to look forward to. Um, of course, you'll have to, I believe it's the Buccaneers you said you were going to see him play, but you're making your first trip to Levi's. Just how excited are you for that? Well, I've been saying for about the last six months because I knew the trip was there for the group that I wouldn't be going. And sometimes these things just fall right. Um, you know, a few things fell right with work and with family. And I booked it a couple of weeks ago and I was on the calendar. I was obviously speaking to you. I know you've made regular trips across the pond. My first time in the States since 2005. My first trip to the States since being an NFL fan. There's 40 UK faithful heading out and we're going to be in the special gold mine section. I think there's 17, 18 of us on the same British Airways flight out of Heathrow on the wow. Friday morning. So we're going to be decked out <laughs> in red and gold and I can't wait, Andy. I know you've been to Levi's and you've said it's just amazing. I know I'm going to get a little bit emotional when I see the stadium for the first time, given the content creating side that I'm doing now and the work that I do with the group. I think it's more special that I'm going to be there with Lee Gowland and I'm going to be there with the others. It's not just me on my own, which I did think my dream would be to be there with possibly me and Tracy the first time. But the way the dream has been sold to me with 40 others in a fan zone only that you can't buy a ticket for. It's invite only. Like you said, we'll be starting the chant and we'll be starting the singing. We'll bring a British feel to an NFL stadium. Let's just see whether they can get on board with the accents. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of British feel to an NFL stadium, of course, the final London game took place as the Ravens beat the Titans. And a few days earlier, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 19-8 to in one of the worst games, I'd say, of the season so far. Other six o'clock games on Sunday included the Commanders beating the Falcons 24-16, the Vikings beating the Bears 19-13, the Bengals beat the Seahawks by 17 to 13. Um, and the Texans beat the Saints 20 to 13. The Jags being the Colts 37 to 20. And then the final one, my Dolphins beating the Panthers 42 to 21, which um, of course he mentioned last week when he came on with Keg, Panthers fan. Um, not that lot I can say really. Um, when I expected to happen, um, Tyra Kill of course came up with one of the best celebrations I've seen in a long time, doing a backflip selfie while doing it um, I mean I said it before a lot of times but what a player he is and since he's come to us I think he's been so, so crucial to that offence and he just makes things happen that when you least expect it I mean the yards after catch he puts up it's um, although I like to know who's got the best in the league for purely yards after catch he's got to be you know certainly, he's got to be certainly number one for that in the league and for me yeah, he is the best receiver in the league and you know I think he's got the most yards anyway this year so I think yeah he is someone that I think if we didn't go anywhere this year, I think he has to be there. And I know two was there to make throws, but you know the difference he's made in coming in has just been spectacular. But Raheem Mostert as well, that's the main thing I want to talk about. We will go into a little bit more on the Fins Nation UK podcast, but Raheem Mostert, someone you'll know very well, uh, from, if I'm being a 49ers fan, and you know three touchdowns in this game, 
He scored four in the Broncos game. So he's got something like seven already. I'm, I'm going to check up now. He's got to be at least tied as McCaffrey seven, if not higher. Yeah, he's leading the league with nine touchdowns on the ground and, you know, 771.5 yards per game. Uh, total yards, he has got 429, which puts him a bit lower down, um, about seventh in the league. But, you know, he's just been basically the running back we saw in, with you guys impacts me and I think he probably is actually playing better than he was with 49ers I mean he had that great playoff run and he's good there but really for the whole season he don't think he ever was that consistent that he, he made me think differently but certainly for the Dolphins this season he's just been to attack and I think he's been we've really struggled for a run game since JHI left we've really struggled for that really good running back and now we've got two uh, with A-Chain as well so yeah 5-1 for the first time in my lifetime first time 4-1 actually as well whilst we're there um, you know, first time since 2003, we've been five and one as well. It's just been almost a perfect start. I mean, you, if you exclude the build game, you know, it's just been a dream start for me. And you know, I think you know where you know I'd only I've only seen this in two scenes in my whole life make the playoffs. Um, I think pretty sure unless something goes wholly wrong, we're, we're making it this year. And I'm hoping that I can finally see us win a playoff game. All depends who we get, of course. I'm hoping that we can just get that seeding up. I think the Chiefs game, I think the next three games is really crucial for us. You know, having the Eagles, the game, the game I'm going to, and then the Patriots and then Chiefs. If we can make, win at least two of those three games, I think that's a huge, especially if we beat the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's a big statement for us. And I think that that's the one thing we are lacking right now is maybe a win against a good team. We've be beaten, what, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Giants and the Panthers. So we haven't beat many good teams yet. And I'm hoping that, you know, I can finally break my streak of seeing us actually seeing, seeing us lose games. I've never seen us win a game live. So hopefully, you know, that can change on next Sunday when I go to that game. But, you know, it's, you know, it's a tough team to play the Eagles. And, you know, and they, I mentioned all they did, they did lose by a shot by 20 to 14. And I do actually worry about that because now they're going to be coming to us off the back of a loss. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be determined. So, yeah, worry about that. Um but at least the Patriots are rubbish, aren't they? That's one thing we can have all, all <laughs> we can all we can all celebrate and rejoice about. They go one and five um as they lost twenty one to seventeen to the Raiders. Um I mean Bill Berchak, you know, for me, I think personally he's the best head coach of all time. But the last few years without Tom Brady, you have to question whether he is actually I think he's his I heard it earlier on on a podcast, OC was talking about it. Um his record without Tom Brady is pretty bad. As a head coach, so they're one and five. I mean, they got the Bills next, and they got us after that. So it could be a one and seven start for the Patriots, which I don't think anyone expected even at the start of the year. So for you, Paul, um, could you see him getting fired? I think he's got enough in the bank with the Super Bowls. I don't think you'd see him fired mid-season, regardless of the record. But if they don't pick up many wins towards the end of the season, could you see him moved upstairs? leave. The Patriots offence is dire. Um, saw a Patriots fan on Sunday, got in the hotel. He was like, oh, bad night for you, for you lads. I saw an NFL fan. He said, I'm a Patriots fan. I said, I'm not even going to wind you up. I said, you've had more to celebrate than anybody else. And he started laughing. Um, I don't see Belichick getting fired at the moment, but it's similar to last season. Everyone thought the Seahawks were going to stick the place out. And obviously, Pete Carroll, was he old enough for a rebuild? Was it time to make a change? And then Geno Smith came in and they played better. I'm smiling because the Trey Lance trade, yes, it's well documented what we gave up to you guys for Trey. didn't work out. But Mac Jones was rumoured to be 
better than Trey. And I'm smiling because all Niners fans just see him struggling over there at the Patriots. Um, soft spot for Kendrick Bourne because he's an ex-Niner. You mentioned Raheem the Dream. Again, all Niners fans wish him the best. You're right in what you're saying. He wasn't a true RB1 for us because we had Breeder at the time, that magical run. Mostart was used purely as a speedster. And your offence scares me because I don't know who the fastest that new running back he said. I can't pronounce his name. I think he's actually faster than Tyreek Hill. Um, and then you had Mostert in the mix. And all Niners fans know your run game is going to be good because you've got McDaniel there. He's been awesome as a head coach. I didn't think he would develop Tua as well as he's done. Um, and like you've said, you can only beat what's in front of you. But as all Dolphins fans, I'm sure you're like me. Even when I go against the Seahawks last year and we beat them every single game, they're like my bogey team. So for Dolphins fans going up against the Patriots, even though they're that, as bad as they are, I bet there's still that sinking feeling at the bottom of your stomach that, are we going to get this win? Is there going to be some kind of Belichick magic? Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm thankful it's in Miami because yeah, even Belichick, even the Brady, they had a terrible record at Miami. They, we seem to be their bogey team. Um, I think it's no secret that ours probably is the Bills. I think they're a team that, they're our Achilles heel, like the Chiefs is to them. You know, they just always seem to beat us no matter what. We beat them last year, but that's only once in the last eight or nine games. So, um, so yeah, no, but it still worries me because you know, I think they, they gave us a tough game in week two. We almost collapsed against them. We were 17-3 up at halftime. And I think we we won, we only won by 20, 24 points to 17. So, you know, that game will worry me next week. But, you know, the next three games is so big. If if, if we can come out with all three wins, that's, that's massive. But, of course, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But February, February 14th, whatever it is, it could be as against you. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine that would be one hell of a podcast? Um, oh, I know. What I love about the NFL community, you know, people who support the teams. So, as much as I want the Dolphins to beat the Eagles for my team, I want them to win because I know they're your team. And that Super Bowl, all fans of the NFL, Dolphins, Niners, you think of Dan Marino, you think of Montana, you think of even this year, look at the connections. You've got McDaniel, you've got Shanahan. I definitely believe. Going back to one of the other points, Robert Salah will be on to McDaniel this week and saying, he's the blueprint, he's how you beat the Eagles. <laughs> but I, I'm standing by, I think we're in the Super Bowl. I think we are the best team in the NFC. Injuries aside, that, that's always a worry for every um, NFL team. But I would take a Dolphins 49ers Super Bowl. But we might have to put our friendship on hold for a night. <laughs> because I'm not sure what would happen if the Dolphins beat the Niners or vice versa. But it would be one hell of a game. Could you imagine the scoring in that? If both oh. offences played, it would be like the highest scoring Super Bowl of all time. <laughs> it would be. I mean, I certainly go to Miami or Vegas. I would definitely go some either Miami or Vegas. Um, I feel like I've got to be there with Dolphins fans. If you know whether it's Miami watching it in a bar, or whether it's you know, I think Miami would be your best shout. Lee Gowland looked at Vegas. Um, when it was announced, because he went there for the draft last year. And then obviously we played the Raiders. We played them New Year's Eve last year. It was just, honestly, Andy, I'm, I think you're talking like 50 grand for a night for the hotel at Super Bowl in Vegas. We saw one that was like, I think, three grand a night, and it's just crazy. But I'm hoping Airbnb isn't, isn't too bad. That'll be my sort of go-to, go for Airbnb, or just um, couch surf, but... You know, I, my, my dad is actually a 49ers fan as well. Well, sort of a loose 49ers fan. He's more of the Channel 4 era. That's the team he followed. But, yeah, he always sort of sees how they get how they get on. And it'd be interesting if we do play them. But I still think the Chiefs will win. I think they've got the playoff experience. 
Um, there's a reason why Mahomes hasn't yet, you know, played a playoff game on the road, and they've had five straight AFC Championship games as a host. So, yeah, I think I'm not getting ahead of myself because I saw things to build to beat us in the playoffs. They seem to have a hold over us. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's all going well, and it's all it's a good time to be a Dolphins fan. Um, other results quickly. Um, so the Cardinals did lose to the Rams by 26 points to nine. The Lions have been five and one with a 20 to six win over the Buccaneers. Don't rule them out in the NFC rankings. And then on Monday Night Football, uh, Cowboys beat the Chargers by 20 points to 17. And then the game I want to talk about quickly is Bills Giants, uh, 14 to nine. Now people have been saying this game is horrible. I actually think it's the game I've enjoyed the most of the entire season, personally, apart from Broncos-Dolphins, because um, that's kind of my perfect game. Low scoring, it's tight, and in the end, has this amazing end. I thought the ending was fantastic. I mean, there was the, you know, the Giants were coming down the field. They were slowly but methodically going down the field, and they got to the, to the Redfin, to the one or two yard line. And I thought that was, that is the game I think, personally, we all want. I mean, I find after a while you get bored. If every game was 50 points to 45, you get bored after a while. I like games that are close, and I like that's why I actually quite enjoyed Super Bowl Fifty Three, even though it was the lowest scoring ever won because it was so tight and such a defensive shootout. And I thought this game was perfect of that, and I thought it had a really good ending as well. For me, that was a perfect NFL game for me personally. You know, it was just tight, it was tense. You don't know where the points coming from, and you know, had a great ending. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts were on that game before we end. Um, I have a soft spot for the Bills. I do like Josh Allen. Um. I was just I was just about to say I, I I am a fan of the NFL. I I'll watch your offense all day long. Tyree Kill was a fan of him at the Chiefs, a fan of him at the Dolphins. Every this is what I love about the NFL. Everybody expected this game to be a blowout. I mean, you were there in San Francisco, the Giants were abysmal. Oh, they, terrible. They Absolutely. just couldn't stop anything. They tried they tried everything and they couldn't. And obviously, Josh Allen. As kind of the bills have been strange for me because obviously to put up points against you guys, but the bits I've seen have struggled. Um, obviously the lost in London to Jacksonville, and this is what I'm talking about. I think for an NFL team, you have to face the adversity and how do you respond to that? Um, and I think that victory will do the bills and Josh Allen the world of good. I don't think they're as good as what people make out, and like you said, the storyline's good. And I think if the bills were to face the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I'm a massive fan of Patrick. Like you've said, there's a reason he's the, the face of the NFL. But it was like our game, 1917. Wasn't one for the um, the casual NFL fan. Like you said, field goals decided it. I remember a couple of years ago in the raid, Washington, we beat them 9-0. It was a monsoon and it was just a defensive slugout. And that sometimes is better than watching... You put 150 points up on the Broncos or whatever it was that you did. But, that was uh, enjoyable. That, that, that was enjoyable. That's one I can get behind. <laughs> but no, it was it. I just love all the NFL. Like I've just said to you there, my team don't play till 1.15 on, on Tuesday. I will be plugged in to Red Zone, six o'clock on Sunday. I'll have set my fantasy lineups. I'll be tweeting, I'll be talking to all my friends, and I'll I'll watch all the games. And um, I haven't caught up quite on the weekend's game just gone because my train back from London yesterday was cancelled. Oh, yeah, I, I appreciate you um, giving me a bit of leeway there. So, ironically, I booked a later train so I didn't have to rush back. So I spent the morning with a few friends in London and then got to King's Cross and it was like all trains north were cancelled. But it is what it is. I got back safe and sound and I've got the pod with you and then obviously catch up on some viewing before Sunday. 
Amazing stuff. And that is a perfect way to end the podcast for today. So huge thank you once again to Paul for coming on. Um, and of course, if you are listening to this podcast and you're a 49ers fan and you haven't come across 49ers Faith or UK yet, do check it out. As you've heard, you've heard in this podcast, they have meetups. They have a lot of people going to games in Levi's as well. So those who you know haven't yet delved into that fan club, then I recommend it highly. Um, and yeah, you should be set. If there's any time to do it, it's this season to be part of the 49ers Faithful UK. So yeah, do give that. But obviously, check out all the Paul's content as well on 49ers Faithful on Twitter, on YouTube, etc. And do give that you know a, a watch if you are a fan of Niners or just football in general. Um, but yeah, that's what ended there. We are going to be back for a week seven preview. I have got Eagles fan Steve coming on the podcast to preview that game, so that should be quite fun. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Paul Hope, and we will see you guys 